I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his envy. Episode 15. We are at 15 episodes. So excited for this big milestone for us. And so glad that you are joining us for another episode of a gay and his envy. Um, we have so much that we wanted to talk about this week. Uh, please listen to episode 14 to get our thoughts on Drag Race, Survivor, Real Housewives of New Jersey, and Vanderpump Rules. But we had a full-on three-episode debut of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip 3. Plus the finale of the reunion for Real Housewives of Miami all dropped today on Thursday. So, so there's so much to talk about. So Peacock, even though you kind of screwed up and and gave us too much content at one point in time, we're going to reward you by dedicating a whole episode to everything that's on your beautiful channel. Um, but as you said, we're starting with... Real Housewives of Miami. The final part of the reunion. And this was a great uh, conclusion to this season. Uh, a top, I think, will go down as one of the best seasons in Housewives. I would say at least top 10. Oh, yeah. Because, like, really, really great stuff all around. We start uh, coming back from last part where Kiki was bringing up the fact that she had uh, had been in the modeling industry and had known models that had been to Lisa's parties and that, you know, that le- that models that claim to have slept with Lenny in that period. Right. And I found it interesting. Lisa kind of is just like, yeah, that makes sense. Like she kind of was just like, I, I believe think, it. I think she's just resigned to the fact that Lenny's a piece of shit and good for her. Cause like, at least yeah. it's like accepted in her mind. She talked about how she originally had thought that it was a lot, just jealousy in terms of all these other women and stuff like that. Yeah. But that, cause she had been hearing these rumors too. Yeah. And that she now believes that Lenny was sleeping with all them and is, you know, doesn't put anything past them. Um, I felt like Alexi was trying to kind of save herself a little bit with Lisa here to try to like be that sort of like support arm yeah. after the comment she made about, you know, you, you wouldn't let Lenny do those things to you if you were, you know, a thought, thought of yourself as a star and all that. Yeah. That was a, I think that was just a weird blip of dumb. Yeah. Kiki kind of talks about how like she understood, like, you know, she, cause she's talked a little bit sort of about how she had past um, relationship issues and, and, you know, and all that stuff and how like she kind of just, you know, is able to suss out cheating pretty quickly. And it's like, I had a guy basically be like, he slipped and fell in somebody's vagina. <laughs> I mean, I've heard the story before, but it, it doesn't work like that. Guys. Yeah. It's like, no, he's she's like, I didn't buy that, but like, you know, um, and, uh, they talk a little bit more about the parties too and sort of like that element and that Lisa kind of agrees that like that they were almost kind of like speed dating events for Lenny in certain ways, which yeah. it seemed like it. It seemed, you know, and that it got to a point where he just made it feel normal and that it was like, why doesn't every, everyone do this? Like, you know, I and mean it. Gaslighting Lisa and the feeling stupid for well, questioning anything well and also like marisol is like you know that definition of narcissism adriana read that's narcissism yeah like that's the clear definition but like yeah it's like it almost felt i mean let's be it feels like that was it was kind of almost like a casting couch in a way for lenny in oh, certain yeah. respects i mean willingly or not i feel like they're you know i'm sure like the mistress that he's involved with now was fully willing but like it's like he's a again he's like a plastic surgeon i mean like i get that it's still like plastic surgery in miami but it's like you're still a doctor like you should like you should have some kind of like ethical moral you would think and then oh and then adriana tells this story about how like she like towards 
like some of the last parties before everything happened, like Lenny wouldn't let them in the actual house. Like they would just have to be out in the like yard, like sort of area. That's like, suspicious. Yeah, it's like that should have. She's like that should have been a hint that like that should have been hint number five thousand eight hundred forty-two. Yeah, and you know they talk about like should at least have spoken up more. And Lisa's like, I mean, in hindsight, I would have. I I agree with her in this where she was like. In hindsight, I wish I would have speak, spoke up a little bit more, but honestly, would that have fixed it? No. Probably not. Like, pro- like he, the type of person Lenny is and the type of narcissist that he is, there's no, like... In fact, it probably would have been worse for her if she had. Yeah. You know, Narcissists do not take cha- being challenged very well. And if she had done that, it would have been seen as a challenge to his authority. I mean, we and saw he would have made her disappear. We saw how she he blew up on her even about the whole ambulance thing about the nanny who's yeah like he doesn't like you you I think that's completely right. He doesn't relinquish control at all, and it goes back to like the power structure in their marriage at the, at right. the end of the day. Um. Oh, and there was this set like she was like you know. I feel like, you know, also last year it was hard. Like, you know, I look back and I had all those fillers in my face, so he probably didn't view me as attractive. Like, he's, she said something about that. And you could tell, like, everyone in the group was just like, no, stop it. Like, don't, like, yes, her fillers look crazy and she looks better now. Uh, I say that as a viewer. Um, <laughs> but it's like, you could tell they all, Dallas, like, that's him, like, lowering your self-esteem to where you, like, are saying that about yourself in this yeah. moment and that's not nice like yeah well and it's it's just so nice to see these girls rally yeah like it it's it's nice to be able to look at this cast and go okay when shit hits the fan they're banding together yeah and when and so andy brings that up about like that the fans like found it really nice that they all got together and then we also found out that larsa specifically helped her in getting the restraining order dismissed with the mistress, like in court, which, you know, we, we, I think we said a lot about Lars that last episode, but like credit to her. Like I, that's, that's good. And like, I think like, it's good to see them route. Like you said, Was she taking those law classes with Kim. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, she, you know, clearly she's at least smart enough in that. Well, I mean, if you're when you're married to Scottie Pippen for so long, you know a little. You I, seems like she got good, pretty good in the divorce, and like you know to where like she. I think she's not a dummy in that realm. I don't think she's dumb. I oh, I, I think she's dumb. I don't think she's. <laughs> I don't think she's dumb when it comes to intellect. I think she is dumb emotionally. That's fair. I can see that. Like in, especially in terms of like sort of the stuff in navigating relationships and navigating like people's emotions and things. She's absolutely asinine. Yeah. Um, and Lisa, like Andy asked if she would marry again. She said, I could see that. Like I could see myself, you know, I don't think I, and it's glad that she doesn't view this Lenny thing as like a bigger picture about her life and her marriage. And like, this was a bad relationship and like you're moved on from it now. You know, as, as far as like, Personally and emotionally, not necessarily. Obviously, there's still a court process, but still, um, they they go into this discussion about like the sort of like Miami dialect of certain things, and Alexia being like, I can recognize like people if I go to other Spanish speaking areas, they can recognize that I'm from Miami immediately in terms of like how I talk. Oh yeah. Um, 
And they get to the discussion about like both Marisol and Alexia dating quote unquote gringos and, mm-hmm. and being with gringos. And like of that, if there was there any sort of like issue or like sort of with the family dynamic and they were like, no, actually they really encouraged it. Like they were like, Marisol was specifically was just like, oh, real like she was like I dated like Indian men and like people of like the different nationalities and stuff like that. And they're like, why can't you just bring home a white football player? <laughs> like, I thought that was funny. It's a cute little moment. Um, and then they go into like the discussion about um whether Anthony Nicole's husband and Todd Alexia's husband have sort of like mended things. And then Alexia starts bringing up this, like, you know, actually, the we actually saw them at Carbone, um, whatever, and uh, Anthony, or should I say Antonia, um, oh. started. <laughs> Here we go. Are you Peter or are you Patricia? Because we all figured this out. I, <laughs> I hate that tired. I, I do generally. Like, and I think, like, I there are some, like, Peter is a good example of just like getting in business that's not his business. Like, right, but I don't think that that was what Anthony was doing. No. I think Anthony was where he was supposed to be. Well, she's like, Alexia starts claiming that like, you know, he said him and Nicole are the only ones with real jobs in the group, et cetera, and, and all that stuff. And then like, she, I love that Nicole like kind of lets Alexia just like weave this tale of like, oh, he was this to me and he was a bitch to me or whatever. And then Nicole starts and she's like, like, so Nicole literally like she's like so we go to Carbone and we're me and Anthony are sitting at the bar and then Alexia like starts coming up to us and going like oh you guys are in trouble and like started the whole thing and Alexia's like well yeah I did that but like like immediately cops to like oh she started it <laughs> like it's just it's funny to me and like Lars is like Anthony's a bitch like he's such a bitch like like Larsa still can't get over the fuck, but again, I agree with Nicole of at least with the Larsa stuff, maybe less with the Alexia stuff, more with the Larsa stuff of like what Larsa said about the kid. Like, yeah. if I was the father of that child, I would be fucking pissed. I don't care yeah. if you're a woman. Like, you know, I'm gonna talk my shit. Um, and so, but like they start to then like they start to chirp over each other, and Andy's immediately like, "Let's move on." I love Andy. There's multiple times this whole reunion where he's just like, "I don't care about this topic. Like this is <laughs> beat this. We have beat this shit to fucking death. Like let's move it the fuck along." So Larsa, you you put your hair in braids, <laughs> like, and they start to discuss it. And I I agree with Larsa, and Larsa's just like, "I don't think there's a problem with it because I'm a person of color." Like, like I, I which she is like. And like she's like, I have my kid. Like my kids get their hair braided, like you know, all the time. Like it's it's some. We were going to the Bahamas, which is a very humid weather, and so when we're uh, whenever I'm in that environment, I put my hair in braids. I mean, at least she's doing it for the same reasons that black women do. Sure, it's because the humidity is an issue, and it creates a, a problem with thicker hair textures. So, like, yeah, of course you're going to put it because it makes it easier to deal with. And yeah. you're on vacation. You don't want to spend hours every day fucking with your hair. Yeah. And I let me say, like, I'm, I guess neither of us are really the person to, like, really, like, say, like, is Larsa okay for wearing braids? Because, like, we're not. Well, luckily for you, I, ha- I spend quite a bit of time on uh, black TikTok. Yes. Um, and this discussion has come up, not with Larsa specifically. But in general, when it comes to appropriation of hairstyles, the 
um, consensus. I mean, obviously, black people are not a giant group of one uh, one minded monolith, right? Every person has their own opinion, but from what I can tell, from a lot of listening, um, has been that if the style works for your hair type, use it. Yeah. The thing is, is that most white people have fine hair that it's going to rip the hair out of our scalp and it's going to do irreparable damage to our hair. Like, that is a big part of the reason we should not be trying to wear these hairstyles. So if she's able to wear it repeatedly, then her hair is the hair texture that will support braids, and and obviously she brought up her uh, the, and her, her kids, kids get it done, and her, her kids, kids are, are black. black, like like her kids are black, so that's not even a, an issue. But like when it comes to her, I can understand why there would be a question because she is so fair skinned, but she is a woman of color. Apparently, the hair type does match, but she does, you know, yeah other processes on her hair so you don't necessarily know that as a viewer just watching and kiki kiki says like kiki's asked about it specifically and she's like i didn't necessarily i didn't even really have a problem with it in terms of like that regard i think she you know it there's also she's not really appropriating it in terms of trying to do she's not doing it to make it trendy or right she's wearing it as a protective hairstyle which is what braids are yeah braids have always been a protective hairstyle so she's using it appropriately um, speaking of Kiki, she, uh, the, Andy asked her about the shaman experience at, on the beach and sort of how she took to it like very like strongly. And, uh-huh. Um, and she talks about like, you know, she, it's like a lot, it, it's a lot build up, and she likes when having those moments to sort of express that she talks about like, she's, you know, she's a working model, which is not a, a you know, it's a hard industry to be in. And she's also a single mom of two kids. And it also just made me like I talked about this a couple episodes ago. Like I want more of Kiki's backstory. Yeah. Like I feel like there's a strong backstory there where I almost kind of want to make her full time next season to like get more of that because it feels like her life is very traveled and very like you know she's been through a lot. But I could also understand why if she's actively working that she may not be able to commit to a full season. Maybe that's possible. Um, and they talk about, so they go into the discussion about like the witch element of this and like the, the Julian and Adriana going to the Botanica. That wasn't really a, botan- a Botanica. It was more of a gift shop <laughs> as we find out. But, um, and Marisol talks about like not, not want getting rid of the stone and that like, it wasn't a part, she just didn't like want that thing around. And she talked about like, you know, not sensing her mother at times in which she then sort of goes into that. And she said that she didn't really feel her mother's presence again until they were in Thailand for ultimate girls trip. Right. Which I thought was interesting. And she like Nicole, I think it was Nicole is asking like, so what is it like the, like the pro and she's like, I can feel like my heart shake essentially, which is very sweet. Also in the back of my mind, when she said that I was like, okay, but that also could be the alcohol. Um, <laughs> I- <laughs> oh, Oh, I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about Girls Trip in a minute, but they uh, they have like a a spirit house yeah. in the, that makes the resort. So, I mean, that could have activated that connection back to her mother. 
I mean, and also Marisol was having a lot of stomach issues in the early parts of that trip. So yeah, it could say a lot. Um, she also is like, she's like, I don't like specifically to Julia cause Julia gave her the stones and that. And it was like, I don't like, I didn't mean it sort of negatively in your regard. Like I would never think that you would try you as Julia knowing you and knowing your personality and all that stuff would try to curse me necessarily. And I love how everyone acts like Julia is not capable of anything negative. It's like you, you're, you're just uh sunshine and happiness and like you couldn't possibly wish ill will on anybody i don't care who you are anybody is capable of getting there yeah but also she was kind of saying in the sense of like i don't believe that in you not like adriana (laughs) right who i could see that um there was also the the, so the because the topic of mama elsa comes up because of uh, what they're discussing and andy talks about like the last time i don't think it was the last time they spoke or it was like some the last time big time they were on watch what happens live about how mama elsa kind of gave him a reading of like whether or not he'll find love and right. that it's kind and that she kind of didn't sense it in his like in his reading and obviously right. andy is you know still single uh but with two kids and still has formed his own family that way um interesting to see i always really i mean rip mama elsa i think she was a you know i <laughs> The scene where she's going around Marisol's um, uh, uh, office uh, for the uh, PR firm that she worked in and just starts throwing rice on people. Oh, yes. So fucking funny. I, wow, I had forgotten all about that. Yeah. Um, and then um, they say goodbye to Kiki uh, for her segment and they give her a burger, a Whopper. To, to that's leave cold. Her. That's cold. She's like, that's fine. As long as it's got extra cheese and <laughs> it's still flame grilled, I'm fine. And then Julia also takes the moment before Kiki leaves to apologize to her for disinviting her to her house party over the fight that Kiki had with Adriana at the, at the, uh, her music video shoot. And they hug and they have a sweet moment. Like I, really good moment between them and Kiki Kiki's great um we then go to a commercial break um there's a cute moment where moment where Frankie is FaceTiming Alexia before they go into the next segment um really sweet um they go to Gertie for her segment they talk about how she's been named uh Bride Magazine Wedding Planner of the Year or is one of the uh-huh um, winning planners of the year and then she tells us that she's also just been named the day before in the top 100 wedding designers in the world. Yeah. And, and I was like, wow, she, she's that's like, pretty. She is a fucking like, she, like, she's like, I'm speaking a guitar the next week and, you know, got to meet up with Lisa Milan in Dubai and all that. It's like, she, Gertie really is a fucking like just star top notch and her weddings and her parties look amazing, by the way. Like we get, we, we have a lot of party planners on housewife like emily on oc is a party planner technically and it's like okay but isn't she also a lawyer yeah but like there's party planners and then there's what gertie does like gertie fucking like she is running an empire on only doing five events a year well she now. says she's down well five weddings oh yeah. She, yeah she's she says she used to take like 15 a year and now she has to scale it back now um and so and then they also talk about sort of like her having um her and Russell, her husband, and sort of like talking about their issues and sort of how they mended it. And they acknowledge that like Russell's very quiet a lot of the time. And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, that's like when he did speak up like that because he's so quiet. Like that's why I knew like I needed to like do something about it. Um, and she starts crying about how, you know, he means so much to her. 
and like it, I think it's really sweet in terms of at, at the end of the day. And I made fun of Russell like for like not for kind of being mute most of like his yeah. time on Housewives. But honestly, like if that's the kind of person he is and that's the like vibe and like it's it seems one of those cases where they're him and Gertie are complete contrast to one another and they're okay with that mm-hmm. in terms of like their dynamic. Um but it was really nice to see that they're doing well and sort of like they're Gertie saying he's she's making more time for the family and and doing more of stuff in that regard. Um, we go to then now the Alexia Marisol Adriana segment of all their issues. They play the sort of like video package that shows also like the Adriana's wedding to Frederick back in 2013. Um, and when Alexia Marisol were her bridesmaids, and everything in that regard. I think, like, Marisol's mom, uh, like, gifted her veil to Adriana. I totally forgot about that. Like, there was a lot going on. And you could tell, like, they were all... I, I This is where I was, like, I gave them a pass in terms of, like, where I was really annoyed at the finale, where, like, Marisol was, you know, and how nothing was resolved there. Yeah. You could tell there's a lot of emotion in terms of everyone involved in regards to this. and And being you know, in Miami and that sort of vibe, obviously they take emotions to heart a lot. Um, Marisol's crying and says that she was really hurt by the comment about, uh, her ex that Adriana brought up. Right. Um, and, and Adriana and Julia both agreed that it was wrong for her to bring that up, that she should never have done that. Um, and you know, Adriana tries to, you know, bring up Marisol's mother's relationship with her and how you can tell, like, clearly I'm still a good person. I thought it was, I'm like, okay, Adriana, maybe don't, like, maybe this isn't the path. Like, she eventually gets there later, but it's like, don't bring up the mother in an attempt. Like, this is, like, not, like, a... Because yeah. Marisol's very protective of her mother and, yeah. like, and that stuff. So it might not be the best way to go about things. Um they asked why Larza had told Alexia about what Adriana had said at the massage tables uh, in the Bahamas. And she was like, well, she called Alexia a bitch. So I thought that, you know, Alexia should know about it. Um, uh, Alexia says that Adriana's a fake and a fraud and that she just does this shit for the cameras and stuff like that. Um, and Larsa starts saying stuff and Adriana's like, stop it, Larsa. It's not about you. And Larsa goes, everything's about me. Shut up. <laughs> Such a villain comment. <laughs> Oh, so good. They don't, yeah. Um, and then I, I don't know what the point of it was, but like, like Annie asks, like, why do you think she's a fake and a fraud? And like, Alexia brings up the fact that the stuff that Adriana was already married to Frederick for, and basically lied to them about. That was a big thing in season three, right? Um, and so I just, which is true, and is it was kind of shady at the time, and like didn't put Adriana in the best light. But also, like, I don't know what it has to do with this personally yeah it was just bringing up old shit there was no need yeah and then then they start yelling at each other again and adrian and andy's like can't get a fucking word in and it's just so fucking flustered and then alexia pulls a will smith and yells at, and yells at her keep my family's name out your yes yeah yeah and at least he didn't she didn't slap her yeah, and th- so then they bring up, they bring up Adriana's foot, <laughs> and I, Andy literally going, and you know she had to be rolled around in a wheelchair, had to be with a big hat. He literally says with a big hat, <laughs> which speaking of big hats, we'll get to it later. <laughs> oh my um, god! 
Uh, Nicole confirms that it was bruised and it was swollen and it was a big resort that that required a lot of walking. So a a wheelchair might have been needed. Um, I mean, I get it. And then we get to the part of the analogy. And then like Adriana is like, you know, we were at the place where we were on the boat and they were loving my song. It felt like it felt like Adriana would say, like, again, like being like, and my great song, which you can now buy on iTunes, like right now. It's very RuPaul uh, product placement. Yeah. And it's just like, I didn't mean it, et cetera, and all that stuff. And Nicole basically tries to defend Adriana, too. And is like, I feel like like the reason she didn't immediately apologize in that moment was that and she's like, I feel like she was in such a trance. And like uh, this, like emotional, like, like I forgot one what they said, but they were like, th- like Adriana wasn't in the right head essentially, and like yeah. because of that, like it would like she couldn't break, and like Alexia was pissed about the text and her saying my bad, like yeah, it's just was it inappropriately casual language for something that you took so heavily? Yes, yeah. Did you know what the fuck she meant? Yes. Like, we could have moved on from this. Sure. Like, uh, Julia's trying to mend the fence, and it's not really working. And, like, to try to, like, recognize that of what Adriana's going through. And Marisol makes a comment of, like, well, when you're dark, you're dark. Like, in terms of, like, this right. is, like, you're not a good person. Adriana then calls Marisol unwell. And then, like, that's when we get into this... They they put this in the teaser trailer, and I was like, oh, God, what the hell is this? Adriana brings up this letter uh, about a person saying, yeah, you know, I'm this writing... so stupid. I'm writing this letter to say that I've been abused by Marisol. You know, she... Uh, is an unwell person who uh, has a is an alcoholic and is a poor representation of ar- alcoholics, and she has abused me, and, and I want to leave this abusive relationship. D- signed sincerely, Marisol's liver. What? <laughs> it's so dumb. And then Adriana gets up from her chair and gives Marisol this like list of rehab centers to like go. It's like. Oh, this is where I'm like, bitch is stunting. And it was I, funny. I, I I also in that moment was like, Alexia might have a point. <laughs> Alexia yeah. might have a point about Adriana not being having the best intentions, because <laughs> like that is like not the way to go about like trying to like, pr- like even they cut to Julia and Julia has the most uncomfortable look on her face, like. Looking at Adriana like you shouldn't have done that. Like that wasn't that's not how we fix this. <laughs> and Adriana's just like, I'm not judging. I'm offering help. It's like, oh my god. You're not judging from this letter from her liver that you just read out loud. Oh Jesus. Um they go to um they talk to sort of more about Alexia's story and talking about like the both uh Frankie and Peter and how um you know she has issue letting go of both of them. And Nicole kind of brings up this interesting point about how it might be a Cuban thing and sort of cultural. Right. Because she's like, my, like my mother still like constantly micromanages me to this day. Like it's possibly a lot that has to do with that. Pro- it's that probably coupled with what she's been through. Oh yeah. Um, and she brings up the, the Des Moines foundation that Frankie's going to, and that, you know, they actually connected through the show and that it was, you know, the show was actually helped them. And which seemed to be like a recurring narrative about like with Gertie and Nicole and about like the show's power in that regard. Um, and then 
Oh, and uh, Andy brings up Frankie uh, talking about being scared about going to the Uber. And Andy gets, like, choked up, like, visibly, like, yeah. holding back tears, which I don't think I've ever seen Andy do. Yeah, on a I reunion don't think so or either. otherwise, like it was like. But he's a dad now. Yeah, like, I, like he doesn't fully get it, but like to a certain degree, he does. Yeah, and 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 Alexia starts crying, and and like you know, obviously it's really traumatic for her. And I do agree as much as she, you know, she brings up the, again, with the Adriana comment of like that when she was saying the stuff about like, you know, I have a broken foot and I can't get groceries. It's like, you know, Frankie might not ever be able to like, like I can understand in that moment specifically when you're having like working on this element with your son of like worrying about, him being able to provide for himself when you're gone, when you're, when that person who has a quote unquote broken foot is like, Oh, I can't even like, I won't be able to get groceries and then I'll die on the floor. And then, and my dog will have to, you know, you know, eat at my dead body or what it's like, I can understand where it's like, shut the fuck up. Like it's, you know, um, but they talk about like Alexia doesn't go to a therapist and immediately Andy and them are just like, you should, you like, Absolutely. Andy, Andy makes a good point of just like, literally one thing that you talked about that you've been through in your life would fucking have ended me. Like, yeah. like you've been through like four or five like traumatic fucking things. But she talks about how um, her mother was a therapist and or um, uh, was in uh, a psychologist, I think she said. Yeah. And so that that was kind of in the household for a long time. And that once she died, obviously. But I mean, for her to pass away a year ago, like I, I think that might be something for her to possibly revisit mm-hmm. um they talk about peter and his girlfriend breaking up and how she's happy about that and i that, think the world is happy about that. yeah yeah um to, to where peter can go online and complain about um he has time to complain about the little mermaid being black anyways i won't go on that tangent <laughs> <laughs> i've been we haven't really gone into peter's and how problematic he is. I don't know that I, I don't know that we need to. Yeah, we're good. Um, she says that Peter never really told her that she, he was thinking of leaving the country for Puerto Rico at one point and like just peacing out. Um, and then like they go back into sort of like the emotional stuff with Adriana and like Adriana's crying at this point. And I do think it's really genuine from Adriana. And she talks about like, you know, you know, I was standing up for Peter back when he was getting, you know, all the world was against him, you know, the early parts of the show and stuff like that. You know, I love your family. You know, she's crying and she's apologizing to um, her, uh, Alexia and Marisol. And Marisol is crying too. So I feel like it is like, I do think it's just a lot of hurt at the end of the day. Um, but they all, they ended up reaching a somewhat of a conclusion. And like, and Alexia is like, can he, credit to Alexia for even recognizing like, you're going through a lot in your mayor and you know, your alimony running up and sort of these emotions. You need to feel confident in yourself and know that you are loved. You know, I can't do that for you, but I'll help you. Like, yeah. I think that, t- I think that was big of, big of Alexia yeah. of someone of uh, an Alexia who hasn't been that big this I've, whole season. I've been hoping that we could get to that point where we all realized that. Um, cause I mean, you know, I've said that on here the last few weeks that that's been the main issue. Yeah. Um, so it, it's nice to see that recognized by the rest of the cast. Yeah. And even Nicole and Larsa at least seemingly try to like, you know, 
be like, let's start a clean slate going forward. And this is where I'm like, this is why this show is so good. They know how to fight, but never reach the point in which they can't continue forward as a cast. Right. Like we're seeing that issue with Potomac. We saw it a bit with Beverly Hills this past season. Like they know, like they know how to balance things in a way that ends up working. And like, they've been picked up for season six and I'm sure it's going to be great. Like they're like, they're doing amazing stuff. Um, they go around the table to uh, close off, and it's essentially just like, wh- what was the biz- biggest positive you took from the year? Um, Alexia uh, was saying, like, getting to work with Frankie more and sort of work on his stuff. Um, Adriana says her song with Emilio Estefan is coming out soon. And, and even Marisol makes a nice comment of, like, as great as your music is now, it's going to be even better with it. Like, so it's like this and. Ultimate Girls Trip, which we'll talk about in a little bit, I think helped a lot with Alexia and Marisol's reputation. Because I do think a lot of people were kind of getting, almost reaching the point of being over them. Yeah. And I think, like, th- this helped a lot in, in terms of everything. Um, Julia uh, was t- talks about Martina's cancer putting her life into perspective. We should also note that as of taping this, I think a couple days ago, Martina announced that she is cancer-free. Which is congratulations uh, to her and 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 um you know glad to glad to hear that glad to hear that they see it seemed like it was something they caught really early and yeah, were able to yeah. like nip in the bud um and Lisa uh, ends it by basically being like you know even with all the terrible stuff that happened like everything happens for a reason and she's looking forward to the future they are they all cheers with Bahama Mamas. Uh, and and there's even a nice moment when they're all taken before they take like the group photo where Alexia hugs Adriana and you know comforts her and that that was nice. It was like yeah. I was like this is the perfect ending. This is how it should be. Like I mean, it just goes to show you should start more reunions with a shot. I'm just saying. I'm saying like it all worked out in the end, like guys, and we I'm all. I'm not saying that it was due to the shot, but I'm saying that 100 percent of reunions that I have seen start with a shot ended well. It was very much like, and we all were happily ever after, like, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Great season of Miami. Like if if you haven't watched it, um, in our coverage of it, like please go back and watch uh this season of Miami particularly because it is so fucking good and like they should be so praised all across the board everyone involved for what they're doing they have the formula down so perfectly um i'm i'm i can't i can't wait for next season absolutely top-notch stuff um we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then when we come back we are talking and getting right into everything from ultimate girls trip season three in thailand don't go anywhere Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm your Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling name. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. 
Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild... Like, accountability is love, and toxicity is not on the menu. To a little more spicy. Like, one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items, from t-shirts and hoodies, to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to a gay in his MB. Let's get over to Thailand and talk about Ultimate Girls Trip. Going to f- fuck it? What is it called? <laughs> uh, book it? Book it? Book it. Book it. Yes, all the way over to Thailand. It's our first time getting to review an Ultimate Girls Trip. Um, so uh, obviously this is essentially the all-stars version of uh, Real Housewives. <laughs> what is our cast lineup? So we got on this cast line. So originally it seemed like when they originally putting this together, it seemed to be like f- friends from different casts, sort of. Uh, so we have uh, Heather and Whitney from Salt Lake City. Uh-huh. We had Alexia and Marisol from Miami. Uh-huh. Uh, we have Giselle and Candace from Potomac. Not friends. Not friends. They were at least until this last season. Well, also neat. And same with Heather and Whitney. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, there were reports originally that it was supposed to be Leah McSweeney and Tinsley from Real Housewives of New York. But apparently Tinsley backed out at some point for some reason. And so in filling her spot is Portia from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, and so, which kind of does makes it a little less exact in that regard. But, but then we also have our lovely host in Thailand, yeah. Pepsi. Oh, Pepsi. I love Pepsi. I love, I really love with these ultimate. God, I sell like Britney Spears in the early 2000s. <laughs> what kind of, what kind of Pepsi? Like diamond? No, just Pepsi. <laughs> if you know, you know, um, um, Pepsi's Pepsi. Um, but I like with these ultimate girls trips that like, one of the side characters is always like some host or like last season it was Dorinda's assistant who was like helping with everything. Like I I really love that element of it where it's like you can introduce this new fun like character that just like moves things along and like doesn't like, you know, doesn't have a lot of like. It's a little bit messy, but mostly just coordinating things. Yeah. It's really great. It's great. Um, so we're going into the first episode. Um, they're prepping things for going on this trip, um, and they're all like FaceTiming ch- each other to get like details on everything. Um, Portia is talking about sort of that she's been gone. For, she keeps saying, "I've been gone for it from so long. It's only been like a year. She's been gone from Atlanta. Yeah, like, it's, it's not like a long time. Not a long, long time. And she'll be looking at things from the outside in. Well, and also like you also had your spinoff show, which. Went great for you. Oh, yeah. How, how you can produce your own show and still end up the villain, I have no clue. <laughs> Brilliant. But, but I, we'll get to it. But like, Por- I, I feel like Portia is shedding that a little bit on this, on this yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather and Whitney are talking, getting ready. 
I've we'll get more into it, but like, I forgot how over I am this Heather Whitney drama. I needed more time to like be away from Salt Lake's stuff because like I still do not care at this point. Like well, and, I care, but like not like well, especially because we find out that. This trip is happening five days after Jen's sentencing. Yes, yes. So it's literally right after, like, as close as it is for us, it was closer for them. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, yeah, they are, it's a lot of fresh feelings, I guess. And same with Giselle and Candace. Giselle seems to think, and she said in, like, interviews um, promoting the season, like, in the last couple of weeks about, like, I went in thinking that me and Candace had, like, resolved our issues, but apparently not. And where, where on the season did y'all repair anything? Giselle has a, Giselle's mind and the way it works in terms of like her relationships with people. It's like, well, I've, I've moved on. So therefore we've moved on. It's like, no, that's not how it happens. And this is in between, obviously this is in between filming and when they f- did the reunion. And Candace has also talked in interviews about how like this was before I watched back the season right. and saw the stuff Giselle was saying. Well, and also apparently things do not end well between her and Giselle on this trip. Yeah, that makes it worse. Um, she literally, Candace literally goes, is it good to see Giselle? No. <laughs> <laughs> but she goes, stay off my porch and we'll have a great time. Like, yeah. I, you know, she keeps her at arms, at arms distance in that way. Um, you, uh, oh, so we get the, also, the only downside I'll say about this, I, we get the intro I miss Housewives in the Islands so goddamn much. Housewives in the Islands, baby. They it can, was so good. It, they will never top that song. They'll never song. replicate, but they're not even trying. No, they're not. It's like, give us something. Just use the same song. It's fine. I don't think anyone will mind that it, it doesn't It literally fit. works. Housewives in Thailand, baby. It's. I mean, change out, get rid of the Jamaican accent. Like, maybe get a Taiwanese singer in. You know, have them redo the the vocals. Give give us more of that uh, Southeast Asian flair with the music. Maybe yeah. some like new tonal stuff that like because they have a completely different music system over there. Um, so like yeah, like give us some of that like cultural enriching stuff that we got with the first season. Like they couldn't really do a whole heck of a lot with the Berkshires. What are they going to do? No, but. The, there were options with season three. Oh yeah, um, so we, they're all getting on planes and going, and they're all drinking, obviously. Because um, <laughs> of course, I mean, the, it, in fact, I mean, Marisol's a, on the trip, so yeah, it's a twenty-hour flight, which like that is a lot. Yeah, so uh, they go to they make it to Puckett and uh, head towards Villa I, and they're sort of rolling in one by one. Uh, where they meet Pepsi, mm-hmm. uh, the concierge. And Cola. No, just kidding. Just Pepsi. Just Pepsi, <laughs> who is this um, really cute, funny uh, uh, Thai man. Um, he says he speaks Tinglish, so Thai English. <laughs> is it like Spanglish. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, and they start, start rolling into this villa. Um, I think it's Giselle that gets there first. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, also, whole, one, the villa's gorgeous, first off. Stunning. Holy crap, that view. Like the like, they go out to like the uh, the front, like where the villa, um, where the affinity pool is, and just the look of the ocean, like behind, like yeah. it's freaking gorgeous. Like this is probably like the most beautiful place a housewives vacation's been at in like the entirety of housewives. The, the only view that I think comes anywhere close to this is the view out of the back of Villarosa. Yeah, 
Um, which for those who don't know is LVP's home. Um, but it it's not really that near this. Like it's just that same sort of infinity edge off into a valley and yeah, I mean they have an ocean here, and it, it was Villarosa it, doesn't. You but. want a good like as a viewer, you want to be jealous, and this oh, was yeah. giving me like I was yeah. big jealous about this. Um, so the under can we also point out the underrated villain of this season, which is that fucking hill that they have to go up to get to the fucking <laughs> villa. There are multiple times across these three episodes where they are fucking struggling. The first of which is Whitney, who gets lost. Yeah, Whitney can't find the fucking place, and it's just like, <laughs> it, oh, poor Whitney. Um, you know, so they're talking as as everyone sort of is like slowly moving in. Um, yeah, Giselle basically said like like her and, and Candace aren't going to carry their mess into Thailand, which like okay, like they they may not carry it in, but it got delivered. Yeah, um, Portia, Marisol, and Leah are riding together in the bus to get to the villa together because they flew together. <laughs> Marisol's and Mar- Marisol keeps talking about how her stomach's very, been very upset, and that Portia's like you just need to drink straight. Like when you, I've heard that like when you drink mixers and all that stuff, you, if you just drink straight alcohol, then it will settle your stomach. That doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Uh, Whitney's talking about how she's kind of worried about meeting Candace because she had said in an interview that Candace was her least favorite housewife and, you know, possible tension uh, there. Um, and they, and Whitney later goes into more detail about like that. And, but immediately when Whitney gets there, Giselle has so many questions about Jen Shaw. Je- Giselle, we get annoyed on Potomac and particularly into Giselle producing, but here I think it's worthy. And Giselle immediately just like, tell us everything about Jen Shaw. Like, like, and then Whitney's like, um, you're going to wait till Heather gets here. Yeah. <laughs> also like, you know, and Heather eventually does get there and like, is, you know, talking about sort of like the stuff that with Whitney, the end of the season, she's like, but at the end of the day, like nothing heals wounds faster than a girl's trip. And I thought in my head, didn't your issue start on a girl's trip? Also, Literally. when has that ever been the case across any Housewives franchise? Yeah. When do things get solved on trips? Yeah. So Heather basically relays everything about, like, Jen telling her she was going to plead guilty, like, minutes before she did. And, like, she's still in shock from it. I mean, yes. I mean, it's, like, five days removed. So it's yeah. still, you know. I mean, in I think it's in confessional. She says either she lied to me or she lied to the judge. Yeah. Which is... That's a bold statement. Mm-hmm. Whitney talks about how Jen's a master manipulator. And, like, you know, it seemed like here they were more willing to be, like, fuck Jen than they were even at the reunion months later. So it's like... Yeah, it it was... it Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, and Giselle doesn't understand why Heather is riding with Jen. She's like, that would not be me if that if my friend was lying to me about that for... Maybe um, it's because they knew it would air after the fact. Maybe. Yeah, that's possible. Um, so everyone basically makes it though. They're all greeting each other. And then Heather and Leah have this interaction. So Heather basically is like, Heather knows that Lee is sober, right? Because he- Lee is very open about her sobriety. And as like, how are you going to stay sober with this crew? And basically being like, I'll be your sober buddy, you know, if you need me to, whatever. And then Le- <laughs> Leah asks about the Jen Shaw stuff to Heather and Leah does make this comment of like, I feel like you're probably someone who has been manipulated by a narcissist in the past. And Heather has this look on her face like, oh, shit. Like, really? <laughs> like, yeah. And then Heather's like, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> like, 
Heather's like Heather's self-deprecation is sort of like something that I wrestle with a lot. It used to be endearing. Now it's irritating. There were some times here where it was endearing, but other times, like it was just like, yeah, it's a little victimy. Like, eh. um, uh, so Pepsi introduces them to the house and is going to give them the uh, tour, and then talks about how in Thailand, apparently every house has a smaller house that houses the spirits, essentially in the house. And this is what I was talking about with um, that Marisol mentioned on the Miami reunion mm-hmm. about being able to feel her mom finally again in Thailand. Maybe it's this. Yeah. So they go to the, the spirit house and basically do like kind of a like, you basically put out your intentions essentially of like what you want out of this trip. Candace says that she wants to keep all her edges. Um, <laughs> Giselle wants drama if they need it, um, which of, of course, course I, I rolled my eyes when she said that. So, and then Whitney's also like, you know, protect our families while we're gone and also protect us from the drama. And then cast a look at Giselle and then Giselle's like, really? And then we also get to, so this was also a recurring thing of, so Alexia and Marisol start talking, right? And you see the caption underneath because they're talking in Spanish and there's a caption underneath of just like, oh, I feel like a real spiritual moment or whatever. And then the editors like seeing, having Giselle zone in and be like, I feel like Giselle's a bit of a bitch or something. <laughs> yeah, like totally inaccurate translate. And Giselle's just like, no Spanish. You cannot speak Spanish. It's so funny. I cackled every time that happened. <laughs> Like, yeah. while it is rooted in racism and awful, I still found it she gave an, She gave an explanation later that made somewhat sense, but still, yeah. Um, so Pepsi has assigned all the rooms so they don't have to fight over who gets the best room or whatever. And these, and again, these aren't just like, oh, a bed and a, and a, and a view. Like, these are fucking rooms. Like, I mean... Except for Leah's. Except for Leah's. Leah has the worst room. <laughs> and she jokes with Pepsi later about like, oh, Pepsi, why'd you give me the worst room? Jokes. <laughs> Leah has a history of quote unquote joking, but really meaning it. Yeah. <laughs> and Portia, Portia, I think, has the best room. And Portia talks about it being, she's like, I, this will be my prayer room. And then also, says, or maybe my orgy room. <laughs> I don't, I don't agree that she has the best room because she does, she's on the ground floor. And she's got, uh, there's like the, the trees and stuff around where, so she doesn't get, have a great view. I an, think Candace's is the best. Candace's is really good. Cause yeah. she's got like that seating area and a balcony that's like right over the, oh, oh, I would kill for that. Yeah. Um, Marisol is, is nauseous and, and is talking about, she also in her confessional is just like, I'm not a fan of water. Like. She's drinking like, oh. it, not swimming she's in like, it. She's like, oh, I, oh, I, uh, like, you know, I drink coffee that has water in it. It's like, okay. I, I mean, to be fair, that's kind of how I am with water. I don't really drink water. Right, I get you, my water intake via tea, but I'm also not drinking alcohol like I'm... I was going to say, you're not a functioning alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. I think Mar- I, so She is functioning, yeah. She, like, Marisol uses the excuse all the time, like, I'm never sloppy, I'm never... like, And she isn't, I think, in fairness. Like, but she is always drinking. Like, yeah. So that is an issue. Um, Portia is talking to Giselle and asks, like, that she's like, everyone online is saying that me and Candace will go at it, you know, whatever. What's that all about? And sort of like, you know, this is where Giselle and Candace kind of have their moments. I'm kind sorry, of, have you watched Potomac? Yeah. Like, it's clear why the two of you, 
could either get along very well or not at all. Well, also, I I will get to it later because I think they're very similar. Candace and, and Portia? I think so, in I certain think, ways. Uh, I would. I, I see that, but I also think Candace is a lot more mature than Portia. Yes, when they get into the the fight on the yacht later, I was like, "This is like a mirror image of two people." Yeah, like it. it yeah, um, and Whitney's talking about sweeping. She wants to just sweep things under the rug with rug with Heather this trip. Um, and Candace warns Leah and Giselle, like, Leah, or excuse me, Leah and Whitney. Do not let Giselle tell any of your or tell Giselle any of your business because she will literally just take it and uh-huh. run with it, which is good advice. Um, and like Giselle and Porsche are talking still about the Jen stuff, um, and she's just like, I don't get like you know I would if you know the fact that Jen lied to me this whole time and and or lied to Heather this whole time and Porsche's just like she wouldn't tell you that tea if she's going to jail that's fourteen years of tea and Giselle's <laughs> like I would have kept it to myself and Porsche's like no you would not have absolutely not <laughs> yeah and like Giselle's th- th- thinking of like discussing this and she's like should I bring this up <laughs> like should I get the tea <laughs> and <laughs> Porsche being like you don't even know their last names and. <laughs> Portia's like, what's <laughs> they're like, what's Heather's last name? And Portia's like, Heather Graham and Whitney Houston. <laughs> Portia was this was our like, this is the Portia I like. Yeah. This Portia's fun. So this is where we you talked about it before. This is where things get weird. Um Heather and Giselle and somebody else, I forgot who. Maybe it was Marisol. Um we're get, we're talking as everyone's getting ready. And Heather's like, let's get Leah drunk. Yeah. And it was uh, odd. Uh, it and was just like, why, why would you literally just not that long ago were talking about how you wanted to support her sobriety and you had read her book. And so you really, yeah, like you understood, you know, all of this stuff. And then you want to get her drunk. And Giselle like throws Heather under the bus immediately to Leah when she comes over. And that's where Heather reveals like, yeah, I even read your book. And it's like, Leah's like, you read my book and would say something like that? Like, like, literally, like, that's, like, of how I told my story about my alcoholism, like, that's not something you would say. Like, that's crazy. Um, so they're getting ready. Um, uh, Marisol and Alexia are late because Marisol's trying to rally uh-huh. um, for everything. Um, and, and they talk about, I guess, that's, I think it was the topic comes up about the Leah stuff at the table. And Whitney talks about how, you know, Heather makes jokes and then says that she doesn't remember it. And that's her, like, defense constantly. Right. Um, and then, like, oh, no, no, no. This was because Leah brings up the, like, in the discussion, brings up to Heather, like, you just told me when we entered the villa, like, you know, you know, how are you going to be sober around these girls? And Heather goes, I don't remember saying that. And Whitney's like that's it. Like she, this is Heather, yeah. like literally like acting dumb and like acting like so she's not remembering stuff. Um, she says it's like basically dealing with a giant toddler. Oh like, yeah. Which I was like, oh, okay. But then like when she played out the scenario, I was like, that makes sense. Whitney, Whitney d- does these like examples that take like three steps to get to when she's describing it. It's, it's like, like Ross Matthews. Yeah. Where it's like, you eventually get there, but like, you know, but Ross never gets there. Yeah. <laughs> You know that thing of when you have a cousin that you didn't know was your cousin? Yeah. Because they were just your friend. And then 20 years later, (laughs) you still don't know what the fucking point is. No. (laughs) They never get to the point. 
Um, Portia starts talking about the fame of the show and like, you know, she doesn't believe in like sort of dragging housewives when you leave and sort of like being like, fuck housewives, Bethany Frankel. Um, uh, speaking of Roni, uh, they also asked Leah, like, when is Roni coming back? And Leah's just like, I have no fucking clue. Like I, I love Leah just casually being like, I don't know what the fuck's happening here. Um, then Giselle brings up this whole like Heather Whitney's like Giselle just stirring the pot throughout. I mean, like my God, <laughs> to be fair, this was a year ago. This was last summer. Right. Yeah. To sort so of, yeah. Like we didn't know anything about Roni at that point. And Heather's sort of like zoning in on, um, uh, Giselle starting this stuff with her and Whitney. And she says, hello, Linda Tripp. I'm like Monica Lewinsky without semen on my dress. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. That was a weird analogy, but okay. Yeah. I, again, going back, like, I am, I do not care about this Heather Whitney stuff getting rehashed At again. All. I mean, the girls are loving it. They're, like, living for the retelling of sort of everything that's well, happening. Well, but it's not a retelling for them. It's sure. brand new. They haven't even seen it Well, because when Whitney's like, you threw me up against a, a glass uh, window or whatever. <laughs> all the like, pearls were clutched. Yeah. Um. Heather thinks that Whitney's gaslighting about Heather not being there for her. Um, and this gets t- talked about like how that Whitney was just wanting a TV moment or whatever. This is the other thing with this, uh, ultimate girl trip is that there's a lot of fourth wall breaking in terms of like the general, like, which I'm fine with. You kind of have to. Yeah. I, I wish that this w- had gotten clarified and it might get clarified later, but, um, she was talking about how, um, uh, say the thing again about what she said about TV. Oh, that she was looking for a TV moment. Oh, right. But Whitney had said something about, tr- I think she was like saying that she was trying to make it work because it was a TV show. Mm. And that's why she, and then it got misconstrued and, and okay. twisted by I wasn't, Heather. I, can I be completely honest? I was not paying a f- fucking ounce of attention to this <laughs> like i it, whitney talks and i and she made another like uh, like they're in the confessionals and she made like another grenade analogy and i was just like oh my god i've heard this fucking 10 times i'm just sick of it like <laughs> sick of, like t- uh, whatever and then like it gets heated to where giselle like calls it off and giselle's like you know when at this you know you know, have your issues, but like, I don't need to be hearing it at the table or whatever. And, and she's saying this in the confessional and the producer literally goes, you started it. <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, so also, so this part. So if you watch on, well, the only way to watch is on Peacock, but when you watch on Peacock, they have all the, at least in the first episode, they have all these like bonus segments but you have to opt in. You can watch them in line with where they go in the episode, but you have to like select them as they pop up on your screen. Yeah, it's, it's really like a odd. choose your own adventure. They call it choose your own reality. But it's also not even a choose your own adventure because it's just like you could have just included this scene in the thing. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, but this hilarious scene happens that you do need to check out. Oh my god! So Whitney decides to do this thing where it's like the big thing now on Housewives is that gets the producers and the show get so mad that we're so focused on product placement all the time that we're always plugging our businesses. You know, look, it's not Housewives' fault. It's it's Bethany's fault. Bethany started this shit with Skinny Girl. Yeah, and like Bravo and everyone else has supported this action, 
right? And then all of a sudden they decided, nope, no more product placement. Yeah. So so Whitney decides, okay, we're going to get around this. And we're basically going to gift each other stuff from our businesses to, like, allow us this moment to, like, promote our businesses. But then the <laughs> fucking producers of the show, every time Whitney's like, so I wanted to give you my product from... And it, <laughs> It's so fucking fun. And they just, it's big, like, black sensor bar over everything. <laughs> it's the, I, it's so fucking funny. I watched it several times, it, just laughing my ass off. It yeah. was, uh, it was really great. So Pepsi is in the confessional, like, sort of, like, macking on all the ladies and being, like, like, like I think he calls, like, Heather a princess and, like, like he's, he's charming. Um, so they're getting ready, uh, uh, what is it? So Heather, oh, what is it that Heather brings up about like Portia having seven million followers and kind of like, like, like almost fangirling over her in that sense? But they, kinda... I know that at some point Whitney talks about it, um, but I I don't know where exactly that happens. Yeah. Um, but I know that Whitney at some point talks about how um, Heather Heather is like image uh, taken focused. by the fame the newfound fame yeah, and um, how she values you. If you have more v- followers than her, but the second that she surpasses you, you're trash. Yeah. 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 So this is also, so this is when they're at dinner. So they go out to dinner, the first dinner for the night, <laughs> Alexia and Marisol at one point are talking Spanish again. And Giselle again is like, stop talking Spanish. Um, uh, Candace is late for, you'd have thought that someone tortured her in uh, Spanish. Yeah. Like the way that she is doing like this PTSD reaction, it's hilarious, but also it's a lot. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and Candace, uh, she was being late getting to the dinner, uh, gets there, but she has to walk across this like wooden, like, so at a certain point she just gives up her heels and is like, I'm barefoot. I don't care. Um, then Giselle plays a game. We Giselle, know how Giselle's games usually happen. Oh, God. Um, and wants everyone to give their best impre- first impression and their worst first impression. <laughs> it's like, oh, geez. Um, and Candace is in her confessional basically being like, this is just the Giselle trying to extract info at the end of the day to oh, then yeah. use against you. Um, and then Giselle says that, you know, she says that Heather wasn't as direct as she expected because she apparently FaceTimed Heather leading up to it and that she seemed like, not as like direct as she would think she was. Um, oh, this is the part where Heather forgets what she said to Leah, and then and, and right, right, right. And uh, Whitney is like pointing it out in her confessionals, and oh, and then whoa, because Leah then is like, Whitney literally told me you would forget. Yeah, and Whitney's like, thanks for throwing me under the bus, Leah. <laughs> Shit. Um, <laughs> but Heather then apologizes to Leah, and they hug, and Leah's like, I don't want any issue. Um, but they're going through the, their worst for impression, and everyone is talking about Heather. Mm-hmm. And Heather's just in her confessional being like, yeah, that's me. Like, so, sorry, well, old Heather. And the thing it. is, is that it wasn't even that Heather was getting the worst. She was getting the best for half of those, but she was acting like all of them were the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the, the, uh, the Spanish topic comes up again and them talking Spanish. And Candace is like, let them talk Spanish. And Giselle's like, I just feel like they're talking about me. And they're like, we would, you would, we would be direct with you if we were talking about you. That's who we are. And Giselle makes this excuse about like my daughters are like fluent in Spanish and they do this to me all the time. It's boomer bullshit. Uh-huh. It's the same. This is America. We speak English here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that same shit. Oh, and then so Alexia then points out that 
with this whole game and with all this stuff, Giselle likes to ask questions so that she doesn't have to talk about herself. And Candace immediately goes, yep. <laughs> That's it. That's that was what pretty much saying. exactly what I said, too. Yeah. I was like, nope. Uh-huh. And Candace says in her confessional, like, that in a more kind way, says, like, Giselle is very guarded because of how life has whooped her ass. Like, which is, <laughs> but it's true, though. Like, like it's because of her, like, trauma and her, like, you know, all the shit that she's been through. With sure, but she's and, 50 years old. She gets to grow up and get past that at this point. Like, yeah. I get the trauma in, like, informs. It, trauma is something that I can use to say, oh, I'm going to give you grace in this moment. But once it's been pointed out to you, it is your job to grow from it. Right. No, I agree. Um, and so Whitney talks about how Candace made a good first impression on her, but then also brings up that why she was, like, trepidatious of meeting Candace. She says that, like, she was didn't like how Candace talked about Ashley, like, post-pregnancy, about, like, the comment about your wide right. body and stuff like that, and that she was shaming Ashley. And she, Candace tries to defend herself and be like, I felt like Ashley, like... Obviously, with my IVF journey or whatever, but like my, I stand by it in the sense that I feel like Ashley was using her pregnancy in arguments to like basically be like, you can't fight me because I'm pregnant, like, or you can't argue with me because I'm pregnant. Um, I, I loved this moment though, because Portia kept trying to go, oh, and see, I really like how you like grew from that moment and you realized you were wrong. And she was like, no, I wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong. No, like, you completely misread that situation like, because a, I stand by what I said. She's like, that's not what happened. But And then Portia's like, oh, I wasn't there. But as a viewer, and like Portia and Candace are kind of like backhandedly sniping at each other. Um, it was like this. This right here is why somebody warned you about her. <laughs> and then so it's like this boil up like, oh, God, as this like the episode's wrapping. And then they start freaking out over a cockroach or whatever on the table. Yeah. Uh, and that's how episode one ends. It's a, uh, you know. Good conclusion to to everything that happens there. Um, we move on to episode two, and it's the next morning, and they're all waking up. Leah almost fucking dies on in the fucking infinity pool. Like she literally, in, she's in one of those like like flo- blow up like lounge chairs or whatever, and literally almost goes over the fucking infinity pool. I missed that. Yeah, it was. I I I do not like. I think infinity pools look cool, but like I am not a fan in terms of that. Like. I would be fine being in the pool like normally, but not on one of those floaty things. Like if I was rich and I had one of those really nice pools, I would want a sun deck. Mm-hmm. You know how how like a little really shallow section that's like maybe three inches deep yeah, yeah. that you can like lay with your back half in the water and like everything else is above the water. That's what I would like. And yeah. I would use that instead of a floaty. Well, and later in the episode, or either this episode or the next episode, like it literally, like there's a, one of the floaties literally like flies over the fucking infinity pool to the. Oh, it's when they're about to go to the, onto the yacht. And after Pepsi have been like, oh, it's going to be sunny and wonderful. And then cut to the yeah. view of the sky, all dark and thundery. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of Pepsi. So Portia is getting her omelet order from him. And he's, he's like, I want bacon tomato uh jalapeno pepper <laughs> pepsi goes so jalapeno pepper or jalapeno pepsi <laughs> and Portia's like you're trying it <laughs> pepsi's great i love pepsi um they're getting ready to go to this elephant uh sanctuary that leah's hosting um them for them to go to marisol's asking like talking about if they've ever like touched an elephant marisol goes i touch things that are elephant-esque <laughs> jesus christ uh. 
Marisol talks about her stomach is feeling better because she didn't start the morning with a screwdriver. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe just, you know, not mainlining alcohol. That, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, and then, so Leah also starts the morning by going to the spirit house to, like, sort of, like, give an intention or whatever. Um, but says that she wants a good night's All she wants is a good night's sleep because she's been PMSing. <laughs> Which I'm like, oh god, she's gonna blame like all this drama. She's gonna blame on her PMS. I know it. Yep. Later, and we get to that later in the uh, in the episode. Um, let's see. So, oh, and Leah's like, I'm, and uh, Leah and Giselle as they're getting ready are doing child's pose, like because Leah's like, you know, trying to get her body in check. And Candace says that she's planning the dinner for tonight, and that she is they're they're going to dinner, but they're also, she's also organized a quote unquote lady boy show, which is basically Thailand's version of a drag show. In right. A sense. We were talking about like, yeah. So in Thai culture, lady boy is considered like a third gender. Yeah. Uh, it's like their answer to non-binary, but a lot of lady boys are also performers. Um, and usually it's in the vein of drag. Um, but later on we can see, you know, both um, AMAB and AFAB performers. So it's really, really is a non-binary gender. Right. Um, so Candace also kind of shines light too about like sort of the tensions with Portia and that like when the whole Monique fight happened, like Portia was kind of defending Monique in many ways on like, you know, their shows and stuff like that about like, you know, Candace was starting shit or whatever. So kind of felt a way about it, um, which I don't un- see that it's that, Weird that that's Porsche's opinion based off of Porsche's run on her show. Uh huh. But they go in the Sprinter vans to go to the Elephant Sanctuary. Heather and Whitney are talking about um, their their relation and how they found out their cousins. And Porsche brings up the fact that she recently found out that she's Nigerian. Um, so it's really just them kind of hitting each, hitting it off with each other. Uh, Leah talks to Alexia and about how she always appreciated that Alexia is really open. Um, on her show in Miami about her life and that then Alexia sort of brings up the stuff with Herman, her ex-husband who turned out to be gay. And Alexia also kind of elaborates sort of the topic of what we were talking about in Miami about how um, she felt like Adriana kind of used the pain from that to sort of secure her spot on mm-hmm. the show because she was a friend of in that regard, which I can see. Um, and then Alexia makes a comment about like, because Adriana did the whole, like, you know, I heard he died having sex with a man or whatever. And Alexia's like, if he died having sex with someone he loved, it's a beautiful thing at the end of the day. Which, like, I'm like, okay. You know. Like, that's some growth. Yeah. Because I don't think that you would have said that even last season. Yeah. Um, they get to the Elephant Sanctuary. Uh, Candace, so they're briefing them on, like, who, what elephants they can and can't touch because of, like, you know, the, the response or whatever. Candace is like, I don't want to die in an elephant park in Thailand at the end of the day. Sorry. <laughs> um, but they start feeding the elephant sugar cane. Uh, <laughs> Giselle. Giselle keeps making these, like, whimp- <laughs> whimpering noises. And it's just like, what are you doing? And Candace is like, no man wants to have sex with that if that's her <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> and then okay so that the, we had heard about this in like press and stuff like that so they then start getting to like this mud bath for the elephants where they mm-hmm. have to basically rub mud on them it's like healing or something one of the others uh, they use it for sunblock some the oh yeah okay, there we go um and 
So they're rubbing the mud on them. And then Portia then like takes a handful of mud and throws it on Giselle. And Giselle gets pissed trying to figure out who it was. And Portia going back to the, who said that? Who, who threw that? <laughs> like Portia playing dumb on this. And then they think there's elephants. Oh, the elephants start shitting in in the mud pit. So then they start freaking out and running away. And this poor instructor (laughs) being like, stop running. (laughs) Like, literally, they can trample you. You're going to start a stampede. And there is nothing we can do to stop it. Yeah. (laughs) So they sit down and have lunch afterwards. Um, also someone brought a bottle of Hennessy to the, like, I wonder who that might've been. Well, yeah. Well, Portia acknowledged it when they were in the bar, the, in the villa being like, Oh, they bring in Atlanta to Thailand. Um, and then they get, they start to, Oh, I bought it for a second when Portia was like, Oh, you can just suck the cork out of this wine bottle. Do you know that? I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like she was fully prepared to just commit to it. This Absolutely is Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, they talk, they talk, I forgot the topic comes about like, would you rather have sex or food? And Portia's like, I can do it without penetration over food. And Leah, oh, yeah, yeah, Leah brings up that she's happy that she's in a, with a group of people that they can finally talk about sex because Ramona used to gave her so much shit in the last season for talking about sex. All the it's time. so weird because Ramona, when she wants to talk about sex, yeah, talks about sex in graphic detail. Oh, for sure, it, it was always, yeah, but no heaven forbid anybody else does it. Um, so they go around talking about um, the best and worst thing about being a housewife. Um, Candace brings up the social media hate of sort of one of the worst things. Yeah. And Giselle tries, to, again, Giselle tries to promote this idea like, well, Candace, you bring that on yourself. You engage the trolls, which she did have a, Candace did have a period of like being very like cutting on sure, Twitter. Sure, but the trolls would start it. Sure. And as, well, as has always been with Candace. And Giselle does the, point that out later. As has always been with Candace, don't start none, won't be none. That's my philosophy at the end of the day. So I, I resonate with that. Um, and then Portia kind of also talks about like her showing her por- uh, postpartum depression on the show and uh, everything she went through with that and sort of like how the show helped her in many ways, like because it allowed her to showcase it and not hide and like stay in her bedroom all day with the lights off. And like, you know, that it gave her sort of uh, structure in that regard. Um, Marisol uh, starts reminiscing about her mom and um, how much she loved the show and like, was like such a character, which is so true. Like (laughs) when she was talking about how like, she wanted to do something for the cameras and she like, they were like, I think it was like a producer or something was trying to talk her out of it. And she's like, Andy said I can do whatever I want. <laughs> um, but, and then Marisol though, I think was really interesting. She was talking about, she was worried originally about having mama Elsa on the show mm-hmm. because of her face and because right. of, um, she had really bad plastic surgery uh, from like, you know, and, the backstory of it, it's understandable, but obviously a lot of people at the time were like, oh my God, Mama Elsa's face. Like, you know, yeah. but like, you know, I think she has enough, I think enough of the diehards love her and, oh, and yeah. respect Mama her. Mama Elsa was amazing. And so Leah then starts talking and then me, Leah then immediately starts crying. Um, and then, but as, as it happens, Portia then goes, oh no, not starting crying. <laughs> like the deft hand of Portia Williams. <laughs> but Leah talks about, and, and but it's sobbing and it's like I didn't know if I wanted to even come off this on this trip with how bad my last season was 
And then he's really sad about like, cause her grandmother was passing away um, while she was filming the last season of Roni. And that um, she was basically saying that, well, she was saying both her producers and her cast didn't tell her to be with her grandmother. It's like the producers are not going to say you should leave and go to be with your family. You need to tell production I'm leaving to be with my family. Yeah. This show be damned. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't think you can blame production. For, They're unless, not going to. Unless they explicitly told you, you cannot leave. Like, even then, I'm leaving. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think, like, you know, and, but she. They had to handcuff me to the damn bed. And then, even then, I had to ch- chewed my damn hand off. Yeah. But, you know, she talks about she was having vertigo and panic attacks. And that eventually she got into a real serious depression. Because she said, like, she then eventually decided to leave. And as she was leaving, her mom texted her that she had died. And it's like, you know, obviously that's traumatic. And then she talks about how she basically went into this really serious depression where she had to go serious enough to where she had to be checked into a hospital. And, like, that, that made me feel really bad, too, because I was very down on Leah that season. And, like, she talks a bit about like, you know, I was going through this grieving process and this like really terrible time in my life. And everyone on Twitter was just like, you're ter- like you had a bad season. You know, why wouldn't you go to be with your grandmother? And that is terrible. Like, and like, and, and I get it because I literally just kind of said, why wouldn't you go be with your grandmother? Right. But like, but you're like, not tweeting at but her. It, but also at the same time, like, I understand feeling frozen in that moment and not feeling like you have the freedom to do what you want to do, even though nobody is telling you otherwise. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, what happened is what happened. And I know what I would have done in that situation, but I'm not Leah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, she's going through the loss of, someone very dear to her and judging someone for how they handle that when it wasn't, it wasn't like she was hurting people with her reaction. Her reaction only hurt herself. So at the end of the day, we can't do anything but be empathetic for that. Yeah. And I think there was, it led to this larger discussion about like social media backlash and how, like Giselle brings up how like fans speak to them in certain ways on like Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that is valid. And like, you know, I, like I said, like I watching that scene on girl's trip, I was like, I kind of feel bad because I was really negative on Leah in her last season. And I don't think I, exp- I don't think I tweeted at her anything terrible, but I was just like, well, I'm over Leah. She's annoying. Like, yeah. Sort of stuff. And like, I think there's a room for a new, I, I think we can still do that because that's what the show in a sense is about of like studying these people on this television program and then forming opinions of them. But I think there's a way to have a more nuanced discussion amongst the fan base. Right. It's about, well, at the end of the day, it's about approaching these situations from a place of empathy instead of a place of entertainment. Yeah. Like when your goal as a viewer is to be entertained, you're going to be an asshole. Sure. When your goal as a viewer is to get insight into someone else's life and to, because that's how I view these. That's how you, like. You you and I have had long discussions over the years about reality television and how 
you know, different people watch it for different reasons. And at the end of the day, and I think we talked about it last week, my goal for a housewife, I talked about it with Teresa. Mm. My goal for a housewife is for them to get to the point where their life is no longer worthy of our outside perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I would love for Teresa's life to calm down to the point where she doesn't need cameras. Right. Where there's no point because there's nothing to capture. Where she's just living a lovely, peaceful life with her and Louie and their gaggle of kids. And, you know, Gia is doing her thing and all the girls are doing their things. And, you know, I would love that for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's horrible for the show, obviously. Like, I get that. Probably don't want that. But that's where, like, I want that for these women. Like, I want their lives to get to a place where they are no longer worthy of us watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I get that. Um, Candace also, so they're going back on the, to the villa, and Candace also talks in the, in the uh, Sprinter van about, apparently her and Chris had major issues, like, before coming on the trip, and that they got into, like, their biggest fights they had ever gotten in about sort of like, and it's mainly about Chris being a workaholic and sort of like not being, having their schedules in a way to where they don't see each other a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was interesting to see that it, coming off of that great season of Potomac for them towards the end, that even they're still having those problems, but it seems like they rallied at least by the time of the reunion. Yeah. And so I, honestly, I can kind of think, I kind of feel like they could be related. Maybe like if, just think about it. If you're being targeted it's gonna by put someone, it's going to put you on edge, but it's also going to make you want to pull away from the friend group. It's going to want make you want to distract yourself with something else, with diving into work, mm-hmm. with being somewhere else where all of your your actions are accounted for, all of your like your location is accounted for. Nobody can question the veracity of where you were and when like at the end of the day, he's going somewhere where his motives are not questioned, where he can just do the damn job and be done. He's trying to escape a world of Giselle's. Right. I get that. So they go back to the villa and Portia. So they're getting ready for Candace's lady boy, uh, party dinner thing uh portia telling pepsi that she wants kfc <laughs> they're running that is a mood they are running pepsi ragged because like as portia's like giving her kfc order like alexia is screaming that he needs to like stomp a bug or something in like their room like i feel so bad for him <laughs> and then Whit- heather and whitney get to discussing things and again it's like oh my god they go on they talk about the friendship break comment again which i'm like i'm sick i'm sick of that like like, oh my God, I, I don't understand how Heather doesn't understand what, like, I, it, it's plain English. It, a break means taking, like. But you, man, I was breaking up with you. No. No, it's a break. It's like, I don't care. I really, it's why like does it matter? pause. Yeah. It, it, and then Heather talks, like, Heather and her confessional, I thought it was interesting saying that, like, you know, I think what happened was that, you know, Justin losing his job, Whitney then became the breadwinner of that household. And then it became life or death for her to stay on as a housewife, basically saying like she did this to like keep her housewife job, which like, oh, God, like Heather is just like as if she doesn't have a healthy brand called. Beep. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, the amount, I mean, they did pour all their life savings into that brand, remember? And then, like, that's true, but it's still successful. No, okay. <laughs> well, well, they're still selling it at B. Yeah, there we go. Um, so, but Heather and Whitney basically just conclude that they're not going backwards. Good luck with that. Um, Pepsi does find KFC for Portia and brings it to her. Um, which I hear how he found KFC in Thailand. I, hear, I have no clue. I hear play, like in places like Thailand and stuff like that. The KFC there is actually really good. It's I like mean, it's pretty good here. It, well, it's like how the McDonald's in like some of these countries are different. And like, yeah, like you know, I I wouldn't mind trying Thailand KFC. Uh, McDonald's in France, mm-hmm. pretty good. So they're getting ready for Candace's uh, dinner. Giselle has her grills because Candace was like, "Put on your grill." Like I didn't understand that. I didn't understand the point of that. Uh, Leah's in the car in the Sprinter vans, uh, talking about how she's getting communicating with this guy on a dating app or whatever, and that he hopes that she hopes he has a big dick because he's six four. Oh God. Um, they all get settled. Uh, everyone at the group is drinking water, and Marisol's like, "What the fuck, guys? Like, I'm the only one drinking." Yes, Marisol, you're the only one drinking, and that should say something. Uh, <laughs> Oh, and so this part was great. So before everything, Candace decides to give everybody their ladyboy names, oh, or, aka their yeah. drag names, and and she these Candace did well with these. So Candace call, uh, labeled herself. You're pe- apparently one of the few who thought so. Well, I wasn't in my feelings about it. Um, <laughs> Candace calls herself Petty Labelle. Uh, okay. Petty LaBelle for Candace, which uh, I, Giselle's like, oh, she, like, uh, Gis- Giselle was looking for anything. Uh, Giselle called, or can't, for Giselle, uh, Candace names her Shanita Man. Uh huh. Which I also loved in her confessional. She could, she could have gotten plenty of names like Rude Paul or Eartharitis. <laughs> or Shanita Stylist. <laughs> Eartharitis is a great one. Like, genuinely a really good one. Uh, Alexia is Havana White. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's a great. really good name. Uh, Marisol, because of her mother's like witchy energy and all that stuff, is Crystal Ball. It's only the fifty eighth drag queen named yeah. <laughs> Crystal Ball. Heather and Whitney are Snow Right and Snow Wrong. That's so good. That's yeah. Uh, because Leah's converting to Judaism, her uh, uh, name is Judaism. <laughs> and then now, and then they get to Portia, and she's like. Well, I heard all those rumors about you and Simon and how you got together. And since you and Giselle are close and she's she need a man, you're she take a man. <laughs> so good. And then she tried she tried to spend all this time explaining how that wasn't true. And it's like, girl, we saw the season. Yeah. And we saw your show about it. She tries to explain it later, which like, eh, okay. Um and so we don't believe you. What did, when did Leah some point Leah says that she's scared of micro dick? I don't know, and but so, it was dumb. Yeah, it's like, okay. Then they're discussing micro dicks. Um, Candace, they're at the table and Candace uh talks about sort of the negative effects the show can have on relationships. Um, I found it odd that Giselle's like you know, men on these that's why men aren't really accustomed to being on these shows because they can typically be scrutinized. Giselle of all people saying this as she just got off of a season scrutinizing Chris for absolutely nothing. And okay. also a show that she 
refuses to be scrutinized on. Yeah, exactly. Um, and her friend's husband is currently being scrutinized, which. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but then now, Por- the, as we were mentioning, Portia and Candace get into it over the whole Simon stuff and like how the timeline and all this stuff. And Portia believes what she's saying, but like it still seems. I don't to me. know that she believes it. I believe that she has rehearsed it. Well, and also, was it Giselle or her that brought up that Fallon like cheated on him and got pregnant? Which, like, yeah, that's bad, but like, doesn't also excuse you in terms of the timeline. Right. And then Portia basically says that, like, when Simon wanted to meet up with me for the first time, she wanted, she made Simon email her the divorce papers before that to confirm it. And, but they, it was sitting on the judge's desk or whatever. Okay. You're like, uh, it just seems like a lot. Um, Alexia talks about um, men being kind of embarrassed by the show sometimes and says that, like, if Todd, because he's in sort of a more professional field where it can be looked down on, and basically says if Todd ever told her uh, she, he wanted her to walk away, that she would, which, like, I mean, yes and no. I think that's a good way to, you know, to look at things. I think Alexia, at the end of the day, is not overly focused on her personal fame. I think if there is something that your partner is doing that is a big problem, um, that you should feel secure enough to be able to say, hey, this I'm not comfortable with you doing this, and then respect you. But I also feel like if a man has a problem with his wife being on a show like this and feels like it's going to reflect poorly on them, they it's need to the get over themselves. Yeah, yeah, at the end of the day. Um, and then Alexia then brings up, uh, oh, so Giselle asked about, like, <laughs> I love Giselle, her deft hand being like, wasn't, wasn't there something about a gay husband? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, great job, Giselle, to introduce this. And Alexia's like, yeah, my ex-husband, Herman, and then starts telling the story about it. And this is where Leah lost me. Like, Leah, like, I was like, oh, I'm willing to, like, get with Leah this season. And as Alexia is telling this, Leah's like, this is boring. I've already heard this story. This is bo-. It's like, what yeah, a bitch. It's like, le- yes, Leah, Alexia told you this story in the Sprinter van. But that doesn't mean everyone has heard the story. Like, I don't, un- I did not understand this in the slightest of like Alexia. She wasn't even talking to you. She was at the other end of the table talking to somebody else. Yeah. Shut up. And like Leah and then Marisol then like start getting into it because Marisol's like, don't say it's boring. Like, that's rude. Like, and like Leah, and then Leah ends by making the comment about like, you know, worry about your stomach or whatever. It's not my fault you're drinking vodka every morning, Marisol. Jesus. And that's the end to episode two. And we leave on that gem of a cliffhanger. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, get the conclusion of this uh, three part of Ultimate Girls Trip with episode three in just a few short moments. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right.
I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His MB. Let's get into this third episode of Ultimate Girls Trip, Thailand. We pick up where we left off with Leah and Marisol getting into it about, you know, the co- the comment Leah made about Alexia being uh, boring or whatever with the conversation. And Marisol in her confessional, like, being mad that Leah was pointing out her drinking or whatever, being like, look, at the end of the day, I didn't have to quit. You did. Jesus. That's, wow. that's healthy. Um... <laughs> But I think Leah is in the wrong in terms of this argument. She kind of turn it kind of turns on most people in the group about like Leah's the way she's reacting. Giselle's like, well, that w- ends the- after Alexia finishes. Like, well, that was a compelling story. I enjoyed it. Honestly, I mean, I didn't really enjoy it. Like, it was a bad story. But yeah, I mean, look, was a lot of the reason was about half of the reason that Leah had a bad season that last season of Roni because of all of the shit that was going on in her personal life. Absolutely. The other half is because she was pulling shit like this. Yeah. Like, Leah, not all of it was your depression, girl. Well, Not no, all of it was no, your grandmother this, dying. No, this time it's her PMS. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, but no, Giselle kind of calls Leah out at the table for it. And she said, Leah says she's sorry, but that it's not that deep. It's very much like, a, like, I'm sorry, but I, like, it wasn't a, genuine apology sounded a lot like she's been taking apology lessons from ramona singer yeah candace kind of takes leah, i'm sorry <laughs> candace kind of takes leah under her wing and they go to the bathroom <laughs> and i love leah being like i mean look i just said it was boring i didn't say i wanted to murder children or something like <laughs> what? i hate when people do that when it's just like well i didn't punch your dog so you can't be mad it's like why does that one thing have to do with the other i can still be like think you were annoying you see, things exist on the spectrum between those two things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Portia is also talking. Candace also leaves to sort of like greet the lady boys and sort of like give them the rundown of everything as they're about to perform. And Candace being like, I'm international now. Like, I think I'm worldwide. Yeah. Like, OK. Like, it's not really the same thing. Um, and then Portia is talking about how it feels like the ladyboy names that Candace gave were very pointed, particularly at Giselle and, and Portia. Um, 
we we see also Marisol is meeting with the set paramedic, which like I was like, oh my god, is Marisol gonna get medevaced? <laughs> like in Survivor. <laughs> but because she, she's like having like all this like a, like either acid buildup or something, and she like and the doctor thinks it might be an ulcer. Which yeah. like I my mom had an ulcer. I remember at one point when I was like thirteen, fourteen, and it's not fun. So no. yeah. Um. Uh, the lady boys then do this performance to lead into Candace coming out. One of them trips on the stage, which is so like. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, the fully like trip like in the front of the like lineup, just hmm. full on trips. And they're like, "Yeah, just keep going." Um, and Candace comes out with this giant like um, looking like a loofah. Well, she said she was like, "I was I'm giving Thailand marshmallow puff realness." But bitch wear. Yeah. Look, normally I am a thousand percent behind Candace's looks, but mama, this was not it. Looked like a fucking loofah with legs. Like one of those loofahs you get that has like like for kids that has like a face sticking out of it and like arms and legs. It's like a giraffe or something. Yeah. That's what this looked like. And well, I love you, Candace. And I feel like Candace can sing. I also, I don't like when people like shit on Candace's music ability. But also, girl, really, you're lip syncing? I would be fine with her lip syncing if she was also singing. Yeah. That's the problem. And also, the music skips at one point. It's just like, oh, this is a mess. And she didn't even try to start singing. She just kept dancing, mouthing the words. It's like, what are you doing? And for your international debut. (laughs) My God. Um, so, uh, we go to the next day and Pepsi is telling Alexia that the weather's great for their yacht party. We talk about that. It's kind of raining actually. Yeah. Um, and then they're briefing Alexia on, uh, on, uh, everything and Marisol's there and I love, I love Marisol's brain. Cause he goes like, oh, and there's a hot tub on the yacht. And Marisol's like, did you say hot sake? <laughs> yeah. Hot sake. Like, Maybe that's a good idea. That's just boiled rice. Right. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, you can't get it off the brain. Um, Leah's getting breakfast, breakfast, breakfast in bed, and because she's still tired from all the Red Bulls that she drank because she wasn't drinking last night. Um, you know, you could just drink water. Yeah, and Heather is just like Heather is only eating breakfast by herself at the table for some reason, and is like monologuing to herself. <laughs> it was such a, it was such a hilarious moment. Mm-hmm. She was like. I feel like wonderful unity amongst this <laughs> cast and like nobody's there. No. <laughs> it's fabulous. Um, Candace, oh, oh, Candace also teaching Pepsi what what's the tea means. Yes. That was, that was a cute moment. Uh, I love Pepsi. Yeah. Um, they go, uh, they get ready to go to this yacht uh, thing that uh, Alexia set up. And then Candace has this fucking hat on, which like was like, it literally it was like praying man, like giant praying mantis level size of like, like. I think if she stuck her arms straight out, just her hands would have gotten past the edge of this hat. It's Por- fucking huge. Portia later later says that she looks like a thumb with a tent on top. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, yeah. but okay. Um, so they get to the yacht, and Portia Portia's already talking about how like Le- Leah tends to shift the energy and then play victim. Like what happened at the dinner yeah. the night before. And Giselle also thinks that Leah was really rude at the dinner. Um, so they're getting, you know, Alexia is sort of like giving everybody like mojitos or whatever. And they're sort of like, cause it's like Cuban inspired like right. yacht trip. And Portia asked Leah if she wants to head back with Pepsi, which was very shady. and But hilarious. Yeah. 
Uh, but Leah then eventually addresses this when they all get to like this like table on the yacht to address the, like people questioning if she wants to be there. Um, and then Giselle says she didn't really like that. Leah said that they should all get drunk because they're boring. Right. Like, like oh, we have to, you know, you know, drink in order to entertain you or whatever. Uh, and then this also, as this is happening, the editing team like is like round one, <laughs> Leah right. versus Giselle, and then immediately Leah brings up Marisol for some reason into it, and then it transitions to round two, Leah versus Marisol, <laughs> and then she brings up that she didn't like that Marisol texted her like before the trip that I respect you for not drinking, but I wish you were still drinking. Which yeah, you don't say that to a recovering alcoholic, but like yeah, has- but as someone who is still an alcoholic and having a recovering alcoholic. um you know, yeah. around, it makes it more awkward for you. Sure. And it's like, but it also had nothing to do with the fight with Giselle. Um, and then Portia is like, so you're, we were asking you a question and then you bring up Marisol and they're like, it's Marisol. <laughs> How do you mess that up? Marisol's not a weird name. Yeah. So Portia and Leah and Giselle are now like fighting and all this stuff. And then as this Marisol just like walks off and starts like backseat bartending with like this guy being like, no, like one ice cube. Like, no, no more than one ice cube. Here, let me do it. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I want alcohol with a drop of pineapple and an ice cube. You know, the jokes on TikTok of like the perfect mimosa where it's just like a whisper of orange juice. Yeah, that's literally Marisol's (laughs) real life. Candace starts sticking up for Leah and being like, "They're har- you guys are just harping on shit that Leah's already apologized for. Because <laughs> Leah, Leah as, as she's doing it, Leah's off in the bathroom. And then Leah, as, they're st- as Candace is now fighting with Portia and Giselle, Leah comes back and goes, well, you guys just gave me my period. Does anyone have a tampon? <laughs> and then she immediately goes and gets in the hot tub. It's like, girl, what are you doing? Well, like, literally, yes. It's like, that's not the place to be with when you're on your period. But I also love the dichotomy of like Candace and everyone just yelling at each other across the table up on the upper deck. Leah just taking selfies in this hot tub. Also, even though she's the force, like the driving force of all this fighting. In the middle of Leah asking if anybody had a tampon, Marisol goes, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What is this, the 1980s? Periods are like, I haven't had a period in 10 years. She says, who even gets a period anymore? (laughs) It's like, plenty of people. (laughs) And Candace Candace goes, y'all bullied her into menstruation. (laughs) Oh, God. And then Candace, uh, I love Candace, but like Candace then starts crying because she's like got anxiety or whatever from like coming on the trip and like meeting. Didn't have a cry angle. Didn't have a cry, nothing on hand, sadly. They they were not prepared. Um, and Portia, being the deft hand she is, was like, you're worried about being around people you don't know, but your event was the shadiest of all of them. So what? how does that make sense? It's like, oh, God. And this is where Portia and Candace then start fighting. And this is where I was saying, like, I feel like they're like twins. I feel like they're of opposite coins in certain ways. Like, I I resonate with Candace a little bit more. But like, like, yeah, like, they're very, very similar at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and that's why I think they clash. Um, oh, and then this, it kind of dies down. And then Heather and Leah start talking about their issue. And this is where Heather starts like trying to defend herself. And it's just like, look, I have friends who are alcoholics who profess sobriety that I funnel drinks to all the time. And Candace and Leah are like, what? What? I, uh, I mean, that explains why she thought it was okay to try to get her drunk. 
even though. But, but also, like, why are you doing that? And there was a moment also where, like, they're like, wait, what do you mean by... And Heather goes, look at that Thai boat over there. Like, it was so much so, like, <laughs> squirrel. Like, <laughs> distract me. Like, maybe the one... It's like, what is Heather's... Like, Heather is an enigma. Look over there. This, like, this last season of Salt Lake in this trip, like, Heather is, like, needs to be studied by scientists. Because, like... Yeah, she was just... Uh, she was all over the place this whole last season and on this trip. Yeah, and she says, like, she, like it's all because she, you know... She's the type of person that supports her friends even to their own detriment. It's like, that's great, but like not with like alcoholism. Like, let's not you know promote that idea that you're just, <laughs> you're just a ride or die. Um, so then they go into the boat and they start playing this game about like Cuban slang and like what different Cuban. Uh, I thought this was good. Yeah, this was uh, apparently the term arroz con mango is a common phrase that means a bit, which it's like mango and rice, which like. But also, isn't there like ma- like Thai rice pudding that's like mango and rice? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but like it's basically being like these are, these are two things you would never put together. Therefore, it's a big mess. Um, and they kind of go th- around the line about uh, there was one thing about like uh, uh, something about like having rumors or like gossip, and it's like tiki tiki taki and Candace goes Giselle that's Giselle Giselle always has always got the tiki tiki and taki taki and then oh so they like oh this was a really fun moment and then Giselle immediately ruins it and is like hey Heather and Whitney you said you made a you said you made a pinky promise that you wouldn't talk about your issues on camera that's not what happened that's not really what they said (laughs) but Giselle needed a reason to be mad about it to bring it up so that's what she did um, and then, oh, Leah straight up throwing Whitney under the bus then, too, and being like, well, you told me in the car that Heather still has her name on the Mormon record, so why does she have a book coming out called Bad Mormon? And Heather's like, really? <laughs> uh, this, well, this I agree with Heather on. This was wrong for Whitney. I know, but it's frustrating when the bad one gets a point in yeah because it's like now it's like validating everything else that they're saying and heather's like you haven't you weren't practicing for over 15 years but only recently got off the roll so like what's the fucking difference and like <laughs> at like heather heather is really offended by this like more than i've seen her offended by anything in a long time and literally like as she's doing it Candace is holding up the sign that says arroz con mango arroz con mango <laughs> <laughs> i honestly think that the reason that the Mormon church w- denied um, Heather's release or whatever it's called yeah. is so that they had the, they could have the satisfaction of excommunicating her. Yeah. That's yeah. That might be, that might be true. Uh, but again, we get, back. Oh, Oh. And Whitney's like, yeah, I copped like kind of cops to it, but it's like, I was probably being shady. And like, w- w- Heather's like, really? Like, that's your excuse. Like, that's all like, and Heather's like thinks like like Whitney's like up Giselle's ass to try to like it's both of them accusing each other at the end of the day of being fame hungry and I'm just like this is boring like yeah like you're all fame whores like who cares nobody is on reality t- TV who isn't a fame whore like at the end of the day hell even like to a certain degree us doing this podcast makes us fame whores. Yeah. I mean, not that it's working. Uh, I mean, it could work if you'd tell all of your friends to listen to our podcast. Yes, please do. Um, but you know, like at a certain point, like we're, we're all just wanting to put our stories out there. And I think it's like making a mark on the world. So like, don't like read some 
somebody else for doing exactly what you're doing. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of over this. Because then they then they have to tell everyone about the whole blowies for jazz tickets thing again. Oh, and it's like, I'm so over this shit. And then the black eye topic comes up about how they believe Jen hit her. Um, <laughs> Marisol going, when Heather's trying to explain it, Marisol going, was it Botox? <laughs> Honestly, makes more sense than anything. But not that it would happen overnight. And then Heather goes, there's, so there's a couple of theories. And then Giselle goes, well, give us the real one. <laughs> and then Candace starts cracking up. <laughs> Even Candace being like, that's a good one, Giselle. Oh, God. And like th- that it could have been a pantry and like it could. Uh, it's just like, Jesus Christ. We all are in agreement. I think the entire or world. Or it could have been the felon popped you in the eye. G- like- Giselle literally was like, isn't that what felons do? Like that probably makes the most sense. Giselle was like. I, a.k.a. Suntan Barbie, <laughs> I'm telling every like, she goes, I'm telling everybody Jen punched you. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> um, and then. In what world is Giselle anything Barbie? No, 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 no. Only in her mind. Barbie it, has much better fashion. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm just saying, and her clothes are all plastic. <laughs> Uh, oh, and then Giselle starts asking Whitney if she has a picture of Heather's black eye, which I was like, Whitney, don't do that because Giselle's going to take that straight to fucking page six. What is she going to do? Like, she, she's not going to send it to her. Right, but this hasn't, like, aired yet. Well, that's why I was like, yeah, don't at the very least don't send it to her. But also, Giselle... But they've talked about it. So, I mean, what is she going to do? Take, like... And Heather's like, if you show this to Giselle, you're proving who you are or whatever. I didn't think it was a big deal. They're fighting from literally across, like, different, like, different between rooms. a wall. It's like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. And then I forgot how it, tra- this is where it's like, it just transitions from fight to fight. I forgot even, like, the method in which it goes to there. But Candace brings up the Chris stuff with Giselle. It's like round 10 at this point. Yeah. And then now Leah's pissed because, like, you're uh, coming for me about you know, where I act, but you did this to Chris or whatever. Okay. And then like, also Leah. I lo- a- yeah. I love how Leah inserted herself. As if it's about her. As if she was the victim in, in her accusing Chris of all that bullshit. Leah's the victim of that. Yeah. I just, I wanted you to be aware that Leah was the victim. Also Leah in her confessional retelling this, calling Giselle neck. Which, like, you clear Candace. Candace was like, yeah, use this line. <laughs> well, it, what, It'll make sense later. Well, yeah, because she hadn't even used that word or that name for her yet. Yeah, it's And funny. it was funny because you could tell that Leah didn't quite, she wasn't quite sure when she said it and looked confessional. <laughs> she was like, neck. So then the Miami girls then decide to bring out maracas to sort of like celebrate at the end of this. And Marisol goes, you can give a black guy a black eye with one of these too. Marisol has been like like so funny this whole fucking. How is she the most dramatic like pot stirrer on their season? But on this, she's the calm one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing to see. Like she is just like it's a it's a it's a miracle what an ulcer will do for someone's temperament. <laughs> but they went, so they go back in the sprinter van to go back to the the uh, villa. Heather doesn't want to go in Whitney's sprinter because she's still upset with her. Um, <laughs> Giselle and Portia and the Miami girls are in a sprinter and they're sort of still cracking up over the black eye stuff and just like cackling about it. Um, Candace and Leah are back at the villa and they're talking about like Giselle 
and Candace is kind of giving Leah the brief of like Giselle's just a bitter woman and like sort of this is what her stick is and this is what she does. Um, <laughs> Heather's in bed reading Portia's autobiography, <laughs> and at one point, literally starts singing the "Once Upon a Time" not long ago. I, I was, was a hoe. <laughs> Oh, everyone, I will say this, everyone, even when Heather's annoying me on this trip, like, she's having her moments of still making me laugh. Like, nobody's, like, fully, like, like, I'm like, go away. Like, I mean, I've gotten there a couple times with Leah. I've gotten there a couple times with Heather. Sure. Which is frustrating, because I used to be a Heather gay fan. Yeah, I think we all were. It's like, you know. And then, like, oh, and uh, Portia and Giselle are just ending the episode by taking shots and giving one to Pepsi. (laughs) Pepsi being like start your engines or whatever the <laughs> like, fuck he said. Was he trying to make a drag race reference? I have no idea. He is a fucking trip. But that's episode three. That's the conclusion. God, this was a good. Fu- I mean, it was a lot for three episodes. It was a lot in. for one day. Yeah, but like r- like jam packed stuff. Um, really fun, light for the most part. Like the Heather and Whitney stuff was a little annoying, but like for the most part, like really fun. You know, light, not cra- like no one's gonna be like have a years long feud because of this shit. So you yeah. can almost like, you know, enjoy well, it as it is. So far, yeah, we'll see. Um, but we're excited for what's to come, and we'll be reviewing it episode by episode every week going forward, and not having to do this big lump of shows. But we'll be excited to talk about it as it goes on, and and can't wait to see what goes down in Phuket, Phuket, Thailand with Pepsi. <laughs> All right, tops and bottoms. We're a little bit trundicated on this episode because technically, even though we did four episodes of television, it was still only two casts. And two of the cast members were shared between both of the shows that we watched. So um, it's a short list to choose from, but who you got between Miami and Ultimate Girls Trip? Uh, So for uh, my top for this uh, episode, I'm actually going to go with Marisol, which is like... I feel like Marisol, across both shows, across Miami and Girls Trip, okay. like, I think there was a lightness to her on Girls Trip that I really liked, and I think, like, there there wasn't all the, like, prop work and the, like, need to, like, yeah. sort of, like, be this big center of attention. I feel like also because everyone was willing to be the center of attention, like, it lended Marisol better in that regard. Um, and also on the Miami reunion, I thought she, like, tried to actually make peace with Adriana and move forward. And like, that was necessary and needed. And she had a lot of good moments. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I think Marisol, you know, redeemed herself in a lot of ways. Um, and it was for that sense, it was good for her to, uh, the good to see from her. Um, my bottom for this episode is going to go to Heather. Yeah. I didn't just cause of the alcohol stuff like that. Those were the things where I'm just like, what are you saying? Like, this is just like, not okay for you to say like in any, like, realm and like you know context you know it was more confusing just than anything of like why you're doing this which is also the issue i had with heather towards the end of salt lake city which was like you just don't seem like you're doing this correctly yeah you know and you're not being authentic and just saying shit um so that was more my frustration it's like you said it was slim pickings but i went with heather what did uh what are your tops and bottoms for the week so my top is going to be whoever on the production team decided to do that bonus scene <laughs> with the product placement bleeping. I laughed my ass off. I think harder than I have laughed my ass off at anything on Housewives in such a long time. Um, I, and 
to the point where I needed to watch it multiple times and was enjoying myself as much the last time that I watched it as I did the first time. Um, It was just really well done. It was a good way to do an extended joke that just keeps landing every single time. Top-notch comedy. Loved it. Beautiful. No notes. Um, As far as my bottom for the week, I'm going to have to hand it to uh, not Heather. You said Heather. uh, Leah. Yeah. Because I'm not a huge fan of the fact that she is centering herself in literally every conversation. Literally conversations that are not about her. She's somehow making it about her. Um, And it's it's exhausting, honestly. Like, if you didn't want to be on this trip, which you even talk about how you were hesitant to come on the trip. Right. Like, then why did you come? Well, and that's, yeah, and Portia even later says, like, like you if you don't want to like, be here, you shouldn't be here. Like, you act like you don't want to be here, then just don't be. Like, we, I would have been fine with another Atlanta girl. I would have been fine with a different Roni girl. Like, we got options. We've got plenty of wonderful women I'd love to have on my screen. Didn't have to be you. Um, so that's, that, that's my thing. And it's just, it, it left a really bad taste in my mouth. So uh, she definitely gets my bottom spot for this episode. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.